Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. If you thought that, you know, you seem to go on about finances a lot, you seem to go on about bills a lot and paying this and making money and being rich and stuff like that. And uh, I haven't always been this. I, I was all, I was once a really poor uh, Christian. <laughs> and uh, but but the point I'm getting to is when Jesus came, he didn't walk up to people and say, "Believe in me, believe in me, believe in me." What he did is he demonstrated the kingdom of heaven. He demonstrated a power from another place to invade people's lives here and now. And so, what theologians call meeting felt needs. So, if there was a leper there, he didn't preach about. Uh, come and believe in me, honestly, I am God's son, please believe in me. He didn't. He, he healed the leper. He met him at his point of need. And then it's up to the leper if he wants to believe. It should cause him to say, who are you? How can you do that? And that's why it says multitudes followed him. They didn't follow him because he had jazzy claws and, and uh, a smart intellect and all that kind of stuff. His impact on their lives was such that they just said, I want more. You've, you've done more than arouse curiosity. There's a longing in my heart that I think can only be fulfilled in you. And they followed him. And, um, and so, as a church, we're meant to be like Jesus. And we meet felt needs. And I was saying last night, I started years and years ago as an evangelist preaching and trying to meet felt needs for everybody. Well, you've got to understand, we didn't get very far because there is so much need, it just swamps you. So the need accepts, exceeds what you've got. And even Jesus had to say to Judas, when uh, uh, Mary anointed Jesus' head with uh, perfume, and um, it was about a year's wages. It was this perfume, very expensive stuff. And uh, Judas said that could have been sold and given to the poor. And I love John's gospel because John is irritated with Judas because he knows he's a cheat. And he goes, not that he cared for the poor. No, he had his hand in the till. That's Read John's gospel. He don't say hand in the till. I've like brought it up to, to speed. But he had his hand in the bag, you know what I mean? Because he was the treasurer. It, you know, the way he counted the money was one for Jesus, one for me. One for Jesus. Anyway. But Jesus had to say when, when, when they're having a go, the disciples were having a go at Mary for wasting, inverted commas, this perfume. Jesus said, leave her alone. Why? Because she demonstrated generosity, which is a sign of his kingdom. And they wanted to shrink it down to practicalities. And it's like, well, this could have been given to the poor. And Jesus said this, the poor you will always have with you. How can you have poor people in Israel where God has given his promises of blessing? How can you have poor people there? I'll tell you how, because they don't want it. Because to be blessed takes energy and effort. And they don't want it. They want God to wave a magic wand. They want a Walt Disney film. You know, where it just goes like that and the ugly people are beautiful overnight. Speaking from experience, it takes a bit longer. <laughs> I have so many funnies running through my head, but I won't. I won't say a thing. But I'm just saying. Um, and, and so we have to engage. Everyone just say engage. The promises are in the Bible, but if we don't engage them, they don't do anything. Here's a great promise. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. Many of, if you've been a Christian for any length of time, you'll know it. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to give you hope and a future. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. 
yada, 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 yada. You know what that is? Just plans. And I was saying last night, he knows the plans. Do you know the plans he has for you? Because if you don't know, you've got to find out. Can you see the process? He doesn't say, he doesn't always, he doesn't always fill in the blanks. He wants you to figure it out and get to it thinking, for I know, so, well, that's good, God. I once said it sarcastically. Well, I'm glad you know the plans. Glad somebody does. Thinking I were being smart. You know how you get sarcastic? So, I mean, you've probably never been sarcastic. But you can get sarcastic sometimes. Well, I'm glad you know the plans. And God smiles. He doesn't go like that. I'm going I'm to roast you. you know, he doesn't. I'm going I'm to line some things up to trip you up and teach you a lesson and humble you. He's not like that. He's like a dad. It's a bit of fun for him. When I lose my cool with him, he's like, ooh, Mr. Cool's lost it. Ooh, look at him, look at him. Jesus, look at him. Why is my voice this high, Jesus? I don't know, Father. Anyway. So he loves it. He loves it because we're coming back and he's saying, of course, Dave, you've got to figure it out. You've got to seek me. You've got to find me. You've got to be in my word so that as you're reading the word, just the normal reading it like, like you'd read the, the, the newspaper. And that's called logos. That's the word of God. But then when something hits you, you think, that's me. That's me. That's for me. That's called Rima. That's the living word. And it hits your life. And that's God speaking to you. How awesome is that? Has anyone ever had that when you've read the Bible? Yeah. yeah. Who's ever opened Bible and gone like that and put the finger in? Yeah, cheese. Look at them, cheese. They're the ones that went to the same school as me. We never did our homework. We didn't study. We wanted shortcuts all the time. My mate failed an ex- I failed it. I failed the exam and, and uh, he passed. And we were only on one thing. We got the same marks. Uh, sorry, one, I were one mark less. Because he wrote the, the answer to something like, you know, why do you, uh, you, you know, what do you do? I do this, that, and the other. And I, caught, I saw it and I went, me too. <laughs> I got caught out. It's a shame, isn't it? It's a shame. Anyway, that's me intro to me intro. Are we ready? Yeah. So we've been looking at living life large. Yeah. And um, I want to read you one of the saddest stories that Jesus told and we don't really get it like this you've got to be deep and profound to get this truth and uh, I got it I don't want any glory or anything like that I got it and uh, no it's like anything I get it's always nicked or borrowed (laughs) I'm God's hoover I'm hoovering up truths wherever I go and I think oh that's beautiful anyway so we're looking at living large and today I want to say don't settle for crumbs don't settle for crumbs. If you're here last night, you'll have got a quarter of my message, an uh, eighth of my message. And so I want to finish it off. Don't settle for crumbs. Jesus told this parable. Actually, it's a story in uh, Luke chapter 16. He said, there was a, a certain man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate. Desiring, everyone said desiring. Desiring Desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Wow. What a vision for life. Can you imagine what kind of life and vision he's giving to his kids? Hey, come on, come on, come on, kids. Let's get around this table. The crumbs that fall off here, they're amazing. It's amazing, you know. I've never seen this. I've never seen this. And I've read this parable. I've probably preached on it. But I've never seen this. Desiring to be fed with crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. And if you go through the story, it's really this poor man is really the righteous man. And the rich man doesn't go to heaven. He goes to hell. 
yeah? But he doesn't go to hell because he's rich. He goes to hell because he doesn't believe in Jesus or believe in God, right? That's the mistake that evangelical Christians make is because they look and they say, you see, if you're rich, you can't get to heaven. So he was, he was rich. <laughs> he was rich and he didn't make heaven because he didn't believe. Because that's the only criteria you get to heaven. You see, you can be a bad person and still get to heaven. You say, you can't, you can. You can't, you can. You can. Because there's hope for bad people. If they'll repent. Jesus said, I have not come for the good. I've come for the bad. I've come for the sick and the lost. And today, you're either sick or lost or saved. And for too long, many Christians have thought, yes, I'm not sick and I'm not lost. And I'm thinking, it all depends who's hanging around you. Because sometimes people with discernment know that you're sick, <laughs> even though you're saved. And you need to change your life. And you need to live what you believe. Not so that you're not a, an hypocrite, so that you live in the freedom and the good of it. That's what it is. All right. So this man, desiring to be fed with crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. And... Uh, and I want to say, I want a church that doesn't hang around picking up the crumbs. You know, hanging out with rich people so they might lend me the car because it's a smart car. We don't know how valuable we are. Why? Because we've been infected with sin. And sin distorts our thinking. And when Adam and Eve, when God created them, honestly, it was amazing. And the blessing on their life was so powerful, it could transform the whole world and make it like Eden. And that was God's intention. But Adam and Eve sinned. Why? Because they desired, everyone say desire again. Because they desired something that God had prohibited and said you can't have it. He said you can eat from any of the trees, trees plural, any of the trees in the garden, but the one tree singular that you, that you can't eat from is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Satan gets hold of that and distorts it and he says, you see, God's mean. You can't eat. You can't, because God knows that that's a brilliant tree. And he, it's, uh, he, he blinds us. He gives us an half-truth. He didn't say to Adam and Eve, look at all these trees. You don't even need that one. Look at all these thousands of trees that God has given you. How abundant is God's provision? I wonder if they'd have filled themselves up on the, on the fruit of them trees, would they ever have eaten from the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? If they'd have filled themselves up on the good things that God says you can have, would they have compromised and gone for something they couldn't have? You see, we get all sneaky and sinful when, we're, uh, when we've got time on our hands. I like to keep busy. My body doesn't, my mind doesn't, but I know it's good for me just to keep busy. I walk around my living room while watching Orms Under the Hammer. It makes me feel like I'm busy. <laughs> I would put a conservator on it. Oh, shut up, you don't know nothing. <laughs> Walking around, sweating. Let's get back to the script here. So uh, I better put my specs on because... I'm a granddad, yay! No, it's because I can't see very well. Here we go. Wow, 2 Peter 1, 3, 4. I'm going to give you some scriptures and then you know it's not just me clowning around. His divine power has given us everything, everything. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. 
Watch that word, that phrase, a godly life. Because so many people interpret it as, I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't do bingo, I would never do lot on. A godly, I'm godly. You know, we need to redefine godly. Godly is where you wear black straight legs and Chelsea boots. Or maybe even a black top. Glasses if you need them. Probably a microphone in your hand. That's godly, right there. Slightly balding. Slightly. Just saying. <laughs> so here we go. So a godly life. Hey, he's given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great, listen, and precious promises. So that through them, you may participate in the divine nature. The divine nature enters our life. God Almighty re-enters. We're made in his image. We were meant to live on a level where God's at. Not because we're God, because he created us. We're not God. But we're like him. And we've got to learn to, to get back to thinking like God, talking like God, behaving like God, believing like God. So God doesn't see a problem. He sees opportunities. He said, well, he's very positive then. He is. He's really positive. Honestly. One of the greatest days that he had were covering over the Egyptian army when they were chasing the Israelites with the Red Sea. He had a blast that day. <laughs> the feelings you feel as a parent when somebody's messing with your kids, you're like, you are on it. And they'd mess with God's son. He called Israel his son. And, and so when Pharaoh, and God had given him 10, ten options, 10 get-out clauses, and he hardened his heart and he was stubborn. And he went, no, I'll do it my way. And God says, no, no, you will do it my way. But he like it swimming. Anyway, just moving on. God's powerful. <laughs> he had a great day that day. Here we go. Isaiah 55, God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And he says that because our thoughts should be like his thoughts. We have to learn to think like God. But we've been infected by cynicism. We've been infected by the strong arm that says, well, I can do this. Well, we can. We're made in God's image. We are amazing. Our bodies are amazing. But you know what? We, we, we can't do what God can do. And that's the amazing thing. And God wants us, when we see a problem, it's like, oh, I can't do that. So I can't go that way. Or I can't have that house because I can't afford it. Who's ever done, not done something because you can't afford it? Anybody? Am I the only one in this church who's done that? So it's because we're not thinking like God. The Apostle Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I mean, we've got to use some wisdom. One guy said to me, he said, I reckon you'd walk through a wall for Jesus. I said, I would. He said, but if you're bright, you'd find, you'd find the doorway. Got right under the macho. Anyway, I didn't like him. He was not my friend. <laughs> so I've looked at going into the promised land over these last few weeks. And uh, two men it took to carry a bunch of grapes. Clearly, they didn't work on York Open Market, did they? On fruit and veg. I mean, this was massive. And God was giving the people a vision of where he was taking them. And wine produces, sorry, wine. I've, I've, I've jumped the gun. Grapes produce what? I gave it you a spoiler, spoiler report right there. So, so God was giving them a future where there's wine, and the proverb says, wine that gladdens the heart of man. 
and the day after saddens the stomach of man and woman. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> we had a few party animals out last night, and uh, one got in at four, one got in at five. So much respect for you. That was, that was beautiful. You know, I'm making church this morning. Come on, give them a round of applause. That takes some doing. It really takes some doing. That's amazing. Well done. I know you did it for Jesus and all that. Well, I get it. Dancing for Jesus. Flirting with DJ for Jesus. I know, I know what you mean. Well, we might win him. We might win him. We don't know how valuable we are. You see a smart car. I saw an Aston Martin yesterday. I'm not really a car person. I'm more of a property person. But Aston Martin, I appreciate stuff. You know, my brother, I was with my brother yesterday and, and, uh, and he just pointed it out and he just said, that's my next car, Dave. And I went, boosh. That's so good. And, uh, but you see, that car is very expensive. It, can you hear how I'm talking? Because it's expensive. We go a bit quieter. That's expensive. Yeah, all right, Andy. That's Andy. He's one that leads in church. Yeah, all right, Matt. Yeah, he's what he, worship, he leads worship and stuff. We're not expensive, but that Aston Martin's expensive. Can you see what I'm saying? It's a heap of metal. That's all it is. Oh, it's got leather seats. Do you mean it were on a cow in a field somewhere getting rained on at some stage? Can you see? And when you start to think of it like that, you start to think, so what are we? We are amazing. I've looked at properties and I'm thinking, oh, that's the die-fi. That is amazing. And I go to London, I'm overwhelmed. I look at these big properties and I'm thinking, how do you buy one of these? It must be a gazillion millions. I'm thinking, I'd love one. I'd just love one. I'd love one just to be able to say it's possible to get one. You know what I mean? I'd just be amazing. And I'm overwhelmed because, you see, that's worth so much. This is what the Bible says about you and me. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold or cow skin or sheep skin, yeah? That you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. All the gold and silver in the world couldn't buy you. Just you. All the gold and silver. You see them gold bars that are in that place, Fort Lauderdale, whatever it is in America. I don't know quite where it is, because if it's been robbed recently, it's nothing to do with me and my mates. It's somewhere over there in that region. You see all that, you're thinking, wow, that's amazing. No, all that, put it all together, and all the silver, all the gold, chuck the diamonds in, tanzanite. Anyway, all that kind of stuff, all the jewels, put them all together, and, and they, weren't, they weren't enough to pay for one person's salvation. It took the precious blood of Jesus. That takes time to sink in. And when it does sink in, you'll realize you are worth something. And instead of just desiring the crumbs of life, you start to say, do you know what? I want Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19 in my life. If you are willing and obedient to God, you will eat the finest of the land. I'm using the metaphor of food, but you'll have the best life. If you are willing, not just obedient, too many Christians are grumpy about it all. Well, God's called me to be a missionary, and well, that's what I've just got to do. Oh, go pack your bags and go home. Either slap a smile on that face. It looks like a flipping slap bottom, doesn't it? You know, people. So one of the things that we have, one of the values, it's an invisible value, but it is a value in global, is make it look easy. Make it, today, it's, it's such a pain to me to have to preach. 
make everybody laugh. But I just make it look easy. That's what I'm supposed to do. Oh, you won't believe the turmoil I go through. And I've heard preachers going, and they preach and they go, I'm shattered. And everyone's there clucking around, getting them a cup of tea and stuff like that. I can't stand things like that. Men used to work down a pit. And the wife didn't cluck when they got home. They just said, fire's gone out. <laughs> Put some coal on that fire and I'll make you your tea. And that's when women were women and men were men. You know, people worked hard. I hear speakers coming in like, I've got jet lag. You know, they've just flown in from Spain, four hours on a plane. It's embarrassing. Yeah, I've got jet. Oh, my ears are back, my ears are back. <laughs> Shelly were brilliant. She said, what they're trying to say is, they've worked the equivalent of a night shift. You know, if they've come from Australia or something like that, and they're disorientated, they've just worked a couple of night shifts, that's all, that I do every week. I said, Shelly, you're beautiful. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> We've been redeemed by the precious blood. As that's a, what a religious... But when you get hold of that, we have been bought, redeemed, bought. When you, when you redeem a mortgage, you pay it off. And we've been redeemed. All the sin's been paid for. Everything we've done wrong, deleted. I wonder today, has your sin been deleted? Do you know that? You, so well, I hope so, because I, I do pray to you. No, no, no. When it's gone, you know it's gone. And, uh, you know, you're a lighter person. I'll tell you what goes with it as well. Shame. Regrets start to dissolve. The longer you walk with Jesus, the, the less regrets you'll have. They start to dissolve in your life. It's beautiful. Why? Because the kingdom of heaven breaks into our lives here and now. You don't have to wait to heaven to get to heaven to taste it. You're meant to taste it before you get there. Psalm 34, come taste and see that the Lord is good. And you don't taste it. It's not like, what kind of taste is it, Dave? Come on, please. You taste it. There is something about heaven that says, my life hasn't changed. The circumstances haven't changed, but it's got lighter. It makes more sense. I'm more at peace. And what you're experiencing is the power of heaven and the power of what the Bible says, the power of the age to come. You're experiencing it here and now. That's why we want to tell people about Jesus. Not to make them religious or just to swell our numbers. That would be nice to have a thousand here on a Sunday. My aim is 4,000, by the way. I think I, I forgot to mention that last night, being a forgetful visionary. <laughs> but I want to say those days of just merely getting by, I want to, I want to declare it to you, they are over. And, but you, you've got to get hold of the plans that God has for your life. You've got to get, get hold of the promises and you've got to start to believe them. You've got to put your faith in the promises. So every day you can wake up and think, oh, another day. Or you can think a day for progress. Hey, and I haven't got a cap on wrong way around like some sort of youth, you, you know, motivational speaker going, you're awesome, you're fantastic. No, 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 I understand. We have a downward drag of sin still attacking us that holds us back. We have failures that remind us that we attempted things once and we've failed. But that doesn't make you a failure. That's just life's experience. And sometimes the costly. It's just a costly education. You've just got to flip it in your mind. Why? You say, well, I just think you're being positive. Yes. This is important because how you think is how you'll live. And the enemy, he can't stop you getting saved, but he can start to play with your mind. And if he can keep you locked up in the old system, you'll never move into God's system in the kingdom of heaven. So let me just move through. I'm, I'm trying to find out what a... Oh, beautiful. But I tell you that 
Everyone will give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your word you will be acquitted and by your word you will be condemned. And I don't believe it's just about judgment day. I believe judgment comes in often in our lives in the sense of, um, what's it called? Not cause and effect. It is like cause and effect, but that's not the word I'm looking for. Oh, um, you've got to look consequences. Consequences are like a judgment on your life. So if your life hasn't changed in the last six months, you've got to think about your thinking and think about your actions. And if you want it to change, you have to change something. And we get, God, I'm just waiting for God. Don't wait for God. He's waiting for you to move. Because he's already given us everything that we need to live a godly life. Now we've got to step into that and we've got to learn. That's why God has church leaders. Because he takes his leaders. We are the crash test dummies. I wish there were a better phrase for it. <laughs> crash test dummies. You're all looking at me saying, yep. And God leads us into things, and then we know what's, we, we, we sense what's, what's coming the way of the church. And so we, we prepare the church for what they're going through. I'm getting you ready for prosperity. I'm getting you ready for living life at a higher level. I'm getting you ready to get rid of depression. I'm getting you ready to get, get rid of your negativity. I'm getting you ready to live by believing good things. And so I know what's coming your way. Doubt, fear. Fear is a massive one. Can't be bothered is another. I know it's all true, but oh, I can't be bothered. You know, I want to be on a diet, but just get me another donut. I've had enough. Right? And it's like that. Believing God's promises is like being on a diet. It is. Because it's so much easier to go back. Last night, I got in. We had a lovely night. And I was just making some drinks for uh, Ben and Lynn and myself. I'm a servant of the Most High God. And we were having, what were it? Orlicks. Was it Orlicks? Orlicks. I haven't had that since I was three. It's amazing. It's been in cupboard that long as well. Anyway. So I was just having Orlicks, and I had three chocolate biscuits. I've been trying to, <laughs> I'm thinking, dang, I woke up this morning, it's like I'd sinned. You know, I'm thinking, you didn't have three chocolate digesters. I did. I had this conversation with myself. I'm sure you don't. Right, I'm getting up. I'm not getting up. I'm not playing. I'm not playing today. But listen, back to, back to what you say. What you say will, will affect your life. And if you keep speaking negatively about bills, about life, about your kids, about your job, you're killing it. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website, 